1: Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is James Schramko. James, thank you for being on the show today.
0: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: James is a fantastic internet marketer. He's from Sydney, Australia, and he has a website called superfastbusiness.com. If you go over there, you'll find a lot of content that will help you to grow your business using the internet. It's one of my favourite blogs that I like to follow. I saw James speak live at the Traffic and Conversion Summit this year about a method he uses called Own the Race Course. He has a mini course on the subject, which is perhaps 9 to 10 blog posts long, but they're very, very useful and packed full of good stuff. The concept in that blog post series is what we're going to be talking about today. So James, could you let us know a little bit about how you became an internet marketer?
0: Sure. I uh, quite some time ago was really interested in the idea of having my own business because I worked for somebody else. In fact, I used to work in Mercedes-Benz dealerships. And I knew that most of my customers were entrepreneurs and had their own business rather than being employees. And one of the most appealing things was that you get paid by lots of different people instead of one person. The thing is I didn't really know what my business would be and I somehow figured out that being able to build a website would be a good idea and from there I stumbled across the concept of affiliate marketing, which is selling other people's stuff for commission. And I started uh, developing my own affiliate income to the point where about two years After I started, I was able to quit my job and go into it full time. So I really, really enjoyed this whole concept of selling and marketing, but being able to do it online for a really uh, wide catchment area. And also these days, one of the major benefits is that you can be somewhat location independent. So that's pretty much how I got started in internet marketing and uh, once I went into it full time. Then it really allowed me to explore various different aspects of the online marketing world and different strategies and to learn a hell of a lot about it, uh, spending every
1: day thinking about it and applying stuff. So how long ago was it that you got started in internet marketing?
0: The first domains that I bought were the end of 2005. So that's coming up to seven years.
1: I've already mentioned that you have a course called Own the Race course. When did you start to develop that concept?
0: Well, I think I've consistently always put the focus on my own websites instead of build on someone else's platform, which is lucky for me. And it was drummed into me by one of my mentors that you want to control things if you can and rather than to be at the mercy of someone else. And when I say this, a lot of people go out there and they build up a Facebook page or they build up a YouTube channel or they build up a free blog on some platform like Blogger. And then invariably things change and it gets uh, slapped or de-indexed or turned off and then these people complain. But I always recognized I should build on a domain that
1: I own and control. Have you ever had that experience of getting slapped, James? Is that something that actually ever happened with you because of one of these third-party tools? Yes,
0: I have. Uh, I remember losing my AdWords account once yeah. because of uh, some of the CPA marketing that I was doing a few years ago mm-hmm. was direct linking and later on they retro-changed that and said that's not accepted, <laughs> even yeah. though I couldn't go back to the domains that I was using because they weren't mine. Mm-hmm. I had warnings from... Uh, Google about AdSense I had, one day I logged into my Facebook paid advertising campaign and they would turned off my account without warning and you know these things happen, but that was just a mistake and it's back on now Mm -hmm. and I still have the ability to advertise with Google AdWords but it is just, you know it's very common, I've seen many other people complaining about it, whole YouTube channels getting turned off overnight it's something you should really plan for that it's almost as if it's going to happen uh-huh. and you should
1: say, well, what if you can't have that or you can't have this? Will you still survive? So when you say you own your own domain, do you put your content on that domain and then you use the other channels to then get traffic?
0: Exactly. The, okay. the whole idea is that you own this thing. You, you put a domain that you own, you get a website that you're in control of and give that your absolute best content and make it do what you want it to do, whether it's to get an opt-in or to make a sale, and then you use all these other sites to drive people to this site by putting out little pieces of content that lead back to your core content. Okay. So basically making your website the base, or if you think of it as the head of an octopus, your website is the head of the octopus where it feeds itself and the rest of the sites are just tentacles. You want to put your videos out there on YouTube and you want to post to Facebook with pictures and talk about your posts, but bring them back to your site where you can do what you need to do.
1: Then if something goes wrong with one of those channels, then at least you're not dependent on that. You've still got other sources of traffic, even though one may have dropped off.
0: Cut off a tentacle, you build a new one.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of a safeguard. Are there any other reasons why we should follow the Own the Race Course formula?
0: Yes, Because it's much easier, it's really easy to have one place that you're going to put your efforts and continue to put your efforts over the long haul. And over time, that actually compounds. You get the benefit of every time a new page is added, it powers up the whole site and you build authority. And once you build authority, then it's easier to make conversions on anything that you offer and you get a bigger audience and the audience grows because they keep sharing and finding more people to come to your site. So it's a very strong way to do it. And it's a very simple business model compared to trying to put yourself across a whole bunch of sites.
1: So is this something we can do on our own? Or is this something that we are going to need the help of other people to accomplish?
0: You can definitely do it by yourself. And that's how I started is doing every single step myself. And then you just decide how big you want to go and and how many posts you want to put out and how much time you're willing to invest in it yourself because there's a lot of steps that can be done by somebody else who could be equally or better uh, suited to doing those tasks. For example, things like transcriptions or encoding an audio version of a video do not have to be done by you because chances are, if, if you're like me, you don't love typing and You know, there's no difference in skill between me or someone else converting a file into MP3. So why not have someone else do that?
1: So where can we find people to help us to do this?
0: Well, there'll be different ways to go about it. In my case, I have my own team. And it takes a small team of about three or four people to do this really well on a high level. And I'm talking about multiple posts per day. And that's fine if you were to add up the marketing cost of that, it could be something like $5,000 a month and that can fuel a multi-million dollar business. Now, if you don't want to have your own team, then you could use a service who does it. I mean, my team actually do this for other people in one of our services at SEO Partner. We have this expert pack and they replicate what I do on my site for other people and they just pay per post and it's quite an easy way to get the same team but without the overhead. And then you could go out to, um, I guess you could probably share a team with someone else. So there's a a bunch of different ways you could do this.
1: You've mentioned transcriptions and converting files. Is there any other tasks that we would need other people to do for us?
0: Yeah, they generally come down to things like um, text-based things. So they could be transcribing, they could be posting content to a website. They could be doing video or audio-related things such as editing or encoding Um, creating players, uploading to YouTube, tagging and describing videos. And then there's the the art side. I actually have an illustrator make a picture every time I put a post up because I know that Facebook in particular and Pinterest are very visually driven and also the search results can be uh, garnered from having a well-named image on your post. So every single post I put out has a picture and I need an artist for that. And it's well worth having an artist if you're going to be putting out a lot of content. And you never have to worry about iStock pictures looking cheesy or someone else saying you sold their image, not if you created originally each post.
1: Is that something we would get if we use your team, James? They would actually provide us with an image as well?
0: Exactly, yeah. They actually take the media that you give them, they uh, format it and upload it to the appropriate place, and then they create a bullet point summary of the media so you get that text thing and then they create a custom image that highlights the point of the uh, media and then they publish that with all the correct uh, namings and tags etc
1: that sounds like a very good deal then are there any other tools that we will need to get started with this
0: i think it's going to come down to your favorite media type in my case i'm putting out a lot of audio and a lot of video and i, I, I love podcasting and i've submitted my podcast to iTunes and it's a great way for people to pick up on my show without having to do anything. It's on their smartphone and it synchronizes. Now if you're going to get into podcasting or if you're going to get into making videos, you'll probably want to invest in some nice equipment. And by nice I don't mean expensive, I just mean good enough to make a substantial difference to the -the off-the-shelf stuff that people are using, so a good microphone would really help the quality of your show. And a decent camera is going to lift the production values of your show over what people are putting out there with just, you know, hanging out with their iPhone or whatever.
1: How regularly are you creating these blog posts, James? Is this a daily thing or less frequently or potentially more frequently than that?
0: Yep. I tend to make one piece of content per day on average and I would publish one post to my site each weekday, and sometimes two or sometimes three. But it's not all about quantity, it's about what type of quality you're putting out there. And if you can put quality and quantity, you're just gonna accelerate the results that you get.
1: So do you have any tips for creating the content? Where are people going to be getting ideas on a regular basis for what to publish?
0: Yes, the best type of content is to solve problems that your typical audience are having. They'll really relate and resonate with that. And you're being helpful and valuable. And these are all things that help you get your content shared and you get a response from when you publish this. You'll get comments. And you'll also have people coming back over and over again because they got a fair value exchange when they spent the time with you.
1: What format do you publish the content? Is it written, audio, videos, images, or is it a combination of all of them on every single blog post?
0: Most of my posts are a video, which is also transcribed in full, and also there's a custom image and the audio version. So that's the default post. I do have some podcast-only posts, and they are still audio and text, and image. I'm just missing the video component. Mm -hmm. So that's the two types that I'll put on my core blog. And then I've got dedicated podcasting sites that just get audio and bullet points. And those ones uh, are still getting SEO value from the text. They're still getting picked up in iTunes. And they uh, sometimes they're supported with a press release. That's another part of the enhancements, because once you put the post up there, you want to tell people about it.
1: The different mediums that you publish it in, is that to help people who prefer to consume content in different ways, or is that something that helps with SEO? What are your reasons behind the different types of content that you publish?
0: It's all about relevance. If i was going to break it down to one thing, it's about relevance, because now you're putting out the media in a way that your customer likes the most. A lot of people like the audio especially if they're catching transport or they walk the dog or just um, mowing the lawn, doing something where you can't necessarily watch a video. And then there's people who are highly visual. they just want to watch a video. And then there's the uh, the other ones who just like to read. They don't, they don't want to watch a video. They don't want to put on their speakers. They just want to read the text and skim through it. So whichever way they like to consume it, that's how I'd, I'd like to deliver it.
1: How do you then get traffic and visibility for the content that you publish? So you have to promote the content, and that's
0: the syndication part. So step one is you publish the content on your site, uh, and step two is you syndicate it. So some of these things happen automatically. It goes up to iTunes automatically. It goes up to YouTube uh, subscribers automatically, and then you email your customer list and tell them there's new content, and hopefully they like it and share it with the social sharing widgets. and then you go and post it to Facebook and to Twitter to tell people that it's there and they come and have a look and see what's there. And if you really want to get it out there, you can also support it with a press release. And uh, these things combined are quite powerful because now you've got a bit of a push happening and then Google picks it up and will start showing your post when people search for relevant inquiries
1: as well. Would you ever send it out to your email list? Yeah, you definitely send it out to the email
0: list and you can also do a weekly summary and get another sort of turn at sharing your different stories with people.
1: Because of this method that you're using, I'm guessing that it gets easier over time. As people start to consume your content and get to like it, then you'll start getting lots of repeat traffic as well down the line. As you're owning the race course, I'm guessing people are also subscribing and staying in touch with your updates on social media channels. So because of this, would you say that if people aren't seeing results straight away, that they should keep pushing on because it will get easier as time goes by. Absolutely.
0: I see about two thirds of my audience are repeat visitors. Okay. And, but so that's, that's sort of the makeup of the visits, but then the actual visits themselves have doubled every 30 or 40 days. So it's really snowballing. So I would say yes, it starts off like a snowflake. At the top of the mountain, and it's kind of insignificant and doesn't look like it would do much damage, but it turns into a little snowball and then it rolls down the hill and it, it turns into such a big snowball with so much momentum it really could demolish a small village
1: well that's good motivation for anyone who isn't seeing it straight away because this does take a little bit of time. So on that note, how do we measure our results and the progress as we are using this method? Is there a way that we can track? And see how successful we are being with it.
0: You can, yeah. Um, one thing is if your site happens to sell things, you can measure the sales. If it collects opt-ins, you can compare your opt-in uh, flow to see if it's increasing. You can also measure with your analytics things like page views and time on site, number of visitors, where they're coming from. And you can also look at things like the Alexa.com ranking of your site to to see you know if it's increasing or decreasing in size, and you can also compare things like comments on posts and how many shares to see if you are actually resonating with your audience. So I actually get a lot of comments and I get people hit reply to my emails and say thanks for that. That was really what I needed to hear today, etc.
1: Fantastic. Well, James, thank you so much for doing this interview with me today. Where can we get the full Own the Race Course course in its entirety?
0: Uh, well, the easiest way to get that is to go to owntheracecourse.com and you can get the entire Own the Race course for free uh, or you can go to superfastbusiness.com. There's a number of uh, banners to opt in to get the course as well. So either of those will work. And you can see the system in play because that is a great case study site the one that i've sort of been focusing on as a public facing thing that people can see in action and as they as it changes people can see what i've learned and what i've adapted
1: and by the way superfastbusiness.com in and of itself that's a good example of owning the race course if anyone wants to see how this works and how it looks you are actually doing it with that blog aren't you
0: Exactly. It's a, it's a case study. I've got it up to a steady 50 opt-ins every day right. and it's um, growing in, in size and growing in visits and traffic and it's generating sales for my business. So I strongly recommend this marketing strategy. The, the best thing is I don't really care about just Google or just Facebook or just YouTube or just iTunes because I can have the lot.
1: Absolutely. How can people get in touch with you, James? And also, do you have any products or services that people can use to grow their online business?
0: Sure. I mean, we already mentioned the done for you version of this, where people can have it done for them. Mm-hmm. And one of the, more, I think, for the, you know anyone interested in learning more about how to do this stuff and to get surrounded with a community of other marketers. I would suggest my fastwebformula.com membership is ideal. It's how you're going to grow your business a lot faster because inside there we have a lot of members who are applying this to all sorts of industries uh, like tourism industry and the Japanese uh, English products industry. like It works in any industry and that's what's so good about it and there's people in there sharing their own results and talking about it in, in more detail.
1: Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with me today, James. Thank you all for listening. I highly recommend that you go and check out James's website, superfastbusiness.com. As I mentioned before, it's one of my favorite internet marketing websites right now. There's a lot of great content over there, and you'll be better off for going there and checking out what James has to offer. So James, thank you once again for being on the show.
0: Thanks, Joe. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.